0: You're listening to the Creekside Church Message Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor George, which is from our sermon series, Where is God? For more information, please visit our website at www.creekside.org. Uh, I want to welcome each and every one of you uh, watching online. Thank you for joining us this morning. Uh, Sally's watching from Reading. I want to say hello to you. Uh, Ken and Lori Pastega. Uh good morning to you. Uh, also, uh, Pam, Herbie, and Jacob. Jacob's visiting from Texas. Thanks for watching us this morning. Uh, who else am I missing? Do you guys know who's watching online? Who? Clem Smaker is watching online. Can we in-house let those online know that we love them and that we're with them? Uh, Here's something fun I want you to do. Those watching online, if you can, in the comment section, uh, you're gonna put your uh, mad emoji skills to work. Uh, right about now. I'm going to pray that God uh, opens our ears and stretches our hearts. So I want you in the comment section to agree with me by saying, God, open our, find an ear emoji, and then uh, stretch our, and then guess what? Find a heart emoji. And if you're, if you're playing along in-house, you can do that as well online in the comment section. So Father, we pray just that this morning, that you open our ears and you stretch our hearts, Father, and you do what only you can do through your word and your truth as we uh, spend this time together seeking you in your presence, and that we leave here, Father, differently than the way we came in. Church, if you agree with me, say amen. Amen. All right, I am thankful that each and every one of you are here this morning. Uh, we're kicking off a new series called Where Is God? Because if you're like me and you watch any amount of news, God help us. If, if, you, if you follow your social media feed, primarily the Facebook, you know what the current events in our world today, you look at the news, you look at your social media feed, it doesn't take long to find yourself saying what in the world is going on, right? What in the world is going on? Where is God in all of this? Another variant, another booster shot. When is this going to ever end? Where is God in this? God, if you're there, why don't you do something to end this pandemic? I get it. I understand it. Where is God? Where is God in the middle of all of the violence that has taken place? All of the chaos, all of the, the polarizing tension that we have to deal with. Am I right? Where is God in all of this? And if you're like me, you might be saying, if I were God, has anybody ever said that? You know, God, if I were you, this is how I would do it. I mean, let's be honest. If I were you, I think I I, I just might do things a little bit differently. Thank God that you and I aren't God. Because I don't think, (laughs) I know for a fact I would not make a good God. Now I want to warn you up front, so we're all on the same page this morning, that this series that we're going to go through over the next few weeks uh, may frustrate you, you may not like it, it may be difficult to uh, be a part of, to hear, to understand, there's no easy steps, there's no quick fixes, you may not feel better at the end of this message, but I say all of this so you can leave here going, boy, I'm glad I showed up to church today. Because here's what I know to be true. Sometimes we run into some things, we run up against some difficult stuff in God's word and in life that if we're being honest, it's difficult to understand. Would you agree with me? We run up to some things in God's, Word when we read the Bible and he says some things and he, and he tells us to do some things that it, it's really difficult to do or comprehend or understand. Over the next three weeks, we're gonna be looking at three different stories in the New Testament. And the overall uh, themes that we'll be looking at today and, the, and over the next two weeks is, are things like, where's God? Is God really listening? Is he really paying attention to me and my needs and what I'm going through? Has anybody ever wrestled with that? Or is God, you know, why why is God not showing up when I need him to show up? Why does God always seem late? Or maybe another one that we all wrestle with. Why is God not doing what I think he should be doing? Why is God not cooperating with me? Now, I, I'm going to be up front. These are all things I've wrestled with, and, and uh, I, I, this is a culmination of inspiration through a few different people that I listen to, so you may hear some things that are familiar. But listen, I figure if I'm learning from this, if I'm growing from this, there's a good chance that some of you may need to hear this as well. Can I get an Amen. All right. How many of you, how many of you have ever felt or feel today like God doesn't hear you? Raise your hand. You pray and pray and pray. Only six of us? Maybe the other so many have a direct line right to God. (laughs) But sometimes in my life, in my prayer life, when I'm talking to God, it feels like his phone's off the hook. How many ever felt like God hasn't come through? How many ever felt like God hasn't shown up on your time frame? Oh, wow. That's week three, so write in your calendars. I mean, it, it's, it, the reality is, is we all hear those other super Christians, right? Tell their stories about miracle after miracle, And it even makes it more difficult for me, even as a preacher, but especially for those of you who hear other preachers share their miracle stories, like, uh, you know, driving down a lonely, dusty road in the middle of nowhere at my wit's end, poured out my heart to God, and I prayed, and then all of a sudden my car breaks down in the middle of nowhere right by a phone booth. And lo and behold, I get out of my car and the phone starts ringing. And I go into the phone booth and I shut the door behind me because I'm out in the middle of nowhere. I want to make sure I can, and I answer, and it's somebody talking to me going, no, dude, you got this. God has you. And that's a true story that I heard someone share when I was in my teen years who came and spoke at our church. Maybe you have some friends that you look at them and you go, wow, they all have jobs they love. I don't. Man, look at their marriage. They're, they're so happy and you know, they're on fire for one another or you know, they've been financially blessed and, you know, and, and all of my friends that are blessed and their marriage are great and they love their jobs, they barely know Jesus. And here I am praying every single day and I have been faithful. Where is God in this? My question is, is what do you do when God seems absent or God's not listening to you or God doesn't you know, seem like he's cooperating with you? What do you do? What do you do when, when you cannot hear God and God seems silent? When you, when you pray and you pray and you pray and it seems like God doesn't hear your prayers. Am I the only one that's wrestling with this? When you pray and you really need an answer to something significant in your life and you're praying about it and you're praying about it and praying about it and God doesn't respond, what do we do? If you're taking notes, I want you to write down this one key thought, thought. that just because God doesn't answer you doesn't mean that God is absent. Just because God doesn't answer doesn't mean he's absent. Just because, you may, uh, just because you may not hear him doesn't mean he doesn't hear you. Just because you don't feel his presence doesn't mean he is not with you. Just because God is silent does not mean that God is absent to illustrate this, I want to look at one of the most challenging stories in all of Scripture. And I, don't, I, I do not like the way this story ends. And if you've been in church uh, as a kid, you probably heard this story uh, in Sunday school. Maybe told a little different way, but it's about John the Baptist. John the Baptist, he was Jesus' cousin. And the, he was the most radical prophet, uh, I think, in the history where uh, you know, this dude wore animal skins... And he ate bugs, specifically locusts, maybe dipped in honey, I don't know. But his jo- he, he came on the scene to say, listen, I'm preparing the way, I'm proclaiming, I'm preparing the way of Jesus, we need to repent. He was, you know, John the Baptist was actually a hero amongst the common people. He didn't take anything from anybody. He stood for truth no matter what. He didn't waver. And that's the very attitude that got him in trouble with the dude named King Herod Antipas. i to give you a little backstory and then I want to read it out of scripture so it'll, it'll all make sense to you. Here's some context, uh, context. Herod, King Herod Antipas, who was married, he had a wife. He eventually fell in love with his brother's wife and then divorced his wife and married his brother's wife, and her name was Herodias. Such a beautiful name. Herodias. Herodias. So here you have the King Herod divorced his wife, kicked her to the curb and married his brother's wife. And who says the Bible isn't interesting? John the Baptist called them out for doing something that wasn't right. He called them out, preaching to them that this was wrong. Herodias, King Herod's wife, hated John the Baptist and 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 uh, King Herod in turn had John the Baptist arrested sorry I'm getting there's something clicking back here <laughs> Yeah. Pastor Aaron, you've been redeemed. Oh, look it. Were we hearing that online too? They missed out on it? All right. Father, forgive us. Let's get back. Where was I? Oh, uh, Herod had uh, John the Baptist thrown in jail, right? Uh, and since, get this, since King Herod believed that John the Baptist was a godly man, he kind of had some respect for him, right? So he didn't kill him. He he just put him in jail. He didn't have him killed. He just jailed him. But here's the deal. Herodias wanted John the Baptist dead. So we're going to pick it up in scripture, Mark chapter 6 verse 17. If you didn't bring your Bible, we have the big Bible in the sky. Here we go. Verse 17, for Herod himself had given orders to have John arrested and he had him bound and put in prison. He did this because of Herodias, his, brother's, or his brother Philip's wife, who he had married. For John had been saying to Herod, it is not lawful for you to have your brother's wife. So Herodias nursed a grudge. Has anybody ever nursed a grudge? Yeah. So you can relate. She nursed a grudge against John, and wanted to kill him. That's some grudge. But he was not able to, uh, able to, because Herod feared John and protected him, knowing him to be a righteous and holy man. Now, I want to take a step back for a second. And look at the look at this objectively. John's faithfully serving God. We got that right. We understand that John is faithfully serving God, and he's pointing people to Jesus. I mean, he announced, "Prepare the way of the Lord." He was pre- he was uh, announcing the arrival of Jesus, and he's even saying things like, "Don't follow me. Follow Jesus. Follow him. He's the one whose shoes I am unworthy to untie." And and John the Baptist is the one that baptizes Jesus, but he shouldn't be baptized. Jesus should be baptizing him. You get that, but he was arrested. He was all about Jesus speaking truth, living a righteous life. He was arrested and he was put in prison for ultimately what was, what he was doing was right. He was put into prison for doing what was right. Standing up for Jesus And I can imagine John sitting there in prison going, man, you know what, I know for a fact, surely Jesus is gonna come to my rescue. Jesus has my back. But then we see him there waiting and waiting and waiting. Jesus didn't break him out. Jesus didn't come to his rescue. Jesus didn't send the angels. You know what Jesus was doing? Jesus kept on doing ministry. And Jesus didn't break John, his cousin, out of jail. I got a question for us all. Knowing how we operate when we're waiting and waiting and waiting on God to respond... Do you think John stayed strong in his faith or do you think John struggled? Show of hands. Do you think he stayed strong in his faith? Do you think John struggled? Because here's the reality. John the Baptist was human. John the Baptist started having having second thoughts about Jesus. Is Jesus really who I thought he was? And I think we need to take a look at Matthew's account of this to see this. It says in Matthew chapter 11, verse 2, "'When John, who was in prison, heard about the deeds of the Messiah.'" all of the miracles that he was doing, all of the people that he was healing, all of the water he was turning into wine, what happened? He sent his disciples to Jesus to ask, are you the one who is to come or should I expect someone else? He's saying, I, I've been sitting here or I've been out there preparing the way for you telling everybody how awesome you are and that you're about to show up on the scene, but, but but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I was wrong. Jesus, I've been doing all of this for you. And because you haven't come through to me, maybe you aren't the one who I thought you were. Jesus, are you the one? You know what Jesus didn't say? Of course I'm the one. Why even question it? I'm going to break you out. You know, Jesus didn't say that. What did Jesus say? In Matthew 11, verse four, he said, Jesus, this is what Jesus said. Jesus replied, go back and report to John. He's speaking to the, the people that John sent to find Jesus. Go back and report to John what you hear and see. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is proclaimed to the poor. And he go, and this, this is important. Jesus says, blessed is anyone who, who does not stumble on account of me. What? I'm sitting in jail and you're out there healing other people, miracles for strangers, and you're telling me blessed if I don't stumble on the account of you. And you, you don't even come and tell me yourself. You send other people to tell me. Can you imagine how John must have felt? You didn't tell me, you sent someone else. I could potentially die for you and that's all you've got. Why don't you come yourself and tell me and not send a group text? It's kind of like all those happy birthdays on Facebook. From my 735 closest friends. Friends. what happens? Jesus continues doing what God sent him to do. And John the Baptist continues to sit in jail and wait, trying to believe while in prison. And here we have uh, King Herod throwing uh, a kegger rager. That's a big party. throwing a big party, and there's a, parley, a party going on in the palace. The king gets drunk. Herodias' daughter, Salome, she ends up dancing for the king. We don't know if it's a ballet dance or a twerk or the Bible doesn't say, but, but here's listen, the king really liked it, and now the king starts showing off and he says to this girl, hey, listen, I'm gonna give you whatever you want. And, and this girl, Herodias' daughter, is known to be like a teenager, right? A little, a young girl. And you know, most of the time, girls will ask for ponies and Justin Bieber tickets or a, an iPhone or whatever. But this girl, she runs to her mom, Herodias, and asks her what she should ask for. And Herodias says, I want the head of John the Baptist. I want the head of John the Baptist on a platter. And what does King Herod say? You got it. He says, All right. And then, as all the guards go to kill John the Baptist, what happened? What happens? Earthquakes. The, the earth moves. It shakes. Angels of the Lord appear. They start taking, uh, taking out everyone. And as they kill and, uh, and, and everyone falls dead, chains fall off John the Baptist. The, the prison doors fling open and John the Baptist shouts, Freedom! <laughs> Here's the deal. If you know your word, you know that's not what happened. That's not what happened. But hey, truth be told, at other times, earthquakes took place and doors flew open, but it didn't happen for a man who faithfully served. Faithfully served. But here's what did happen. The king was greatly distressed, it says in Mark chapter six, verse 26. But because of his oaths and his dinner guests, he did not want to refuse her So he immediately sent an executioner with orders to bring John's head. The man went, beheaded John in the prison and brought back his head on a platter. Listen, Jesus had the power to rescue John, but he didn't. And that's where most of us go, well, you know what, PG? That doesn't quite fit my American Christianity where I get the job promotion and I get the new house and I never get sick. Not the praise report we were hoping for, is it? Doesn't feel right, does it? Doesn't seem right. I mean, where's God in this? Where's God? I don't get it. I don't understand it. I want to take a step back for a moment. And I want to to take a, a step back from all of the emotions that we may feel about this. Here's what did happen. Two things. John's desire was fulfilled. John the Baptist's desire was fulfilled. He was here to do what? Prepare the way for the Lord. And guess what? He did that. The second thing, and most importantly, God's purpose was fulfilled. God's purpose was fulfilled. The deaf could hear, the blind can see. The gospel was being proclaimed. And we see that John the Baptist want, uh, we see that what John the Baptist wanted and God's purpose had come to pass. It just wasn't according to John's plan. Proverbs 19:21 says, "Many are the what? Plans of a person's heart. Do we not have it up there? Many are the what? Plans of a person's heart. But it is what? The Lord's purpose that prevails. I I know many of you know this, but my wife and I both have, well, here. My wife has type 1 diabetes. She was diagnosed with it, what, six months before uh, we were married or some, what is it? A A month after? Well, you were dealing with the symptoms months before. Uh, a month after we get married, she was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes. She lost all this weight, and, um, you know, she was thirsty all the time, and was just right. She goes to the doctor, she gets some tests ran, and it came back, hey, congratulations, you have type 1 diabetes. Uh, here's your uh, kit. At that moment, I felt like my world was crashing in. I just married this chick. And I went through the gamut of emotions. Okay, she's broken. God, can I, you know, can you fix her? Can I trade her in? I was angry. Whatever. (laughs) I'm kidding. I did go through the gamut, but here's the deal. I kept praying for her healing. For years, 13 plus years, I prayed that my wife would be healed of diabetes. Praying, 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 no healing, no healing, no healing. Praying and praying and praying. And then all of a sudden, in December uh, uh, 2009, 2009, yeah. Sorry, I'm getting all twenty 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 twos. 22s. I end up getting it. I end up being diagnosed with type one diabetes. So add on to all of those years praying for my wife's healing and not hearing God and not having God respond and questioning, are you even paying attention to what I'm saying? I'm asking for one of your faithful servants to, to have her pancreas repaired, and you're not you're not doing anything. And then I I you allow me to get it. What is up with that? Actually, I was a little bit more angry. But you have to understand that over time, now most of us go, oh, that that really sucks. God didn't hear the prayers. He didn't respond, or I mean, God didn't respond to my. He heard him, but he didn't respond to him. I end up getting type 1 diabetes, but through all of that, my faith was built and because I ended up getting diagnosed and, you know, there was some funkiness in the relationship between Chris, nothing major, don't go let your mind wandering, but there was some funkiness in the relationship because she felt I didn't really understand her and what she was going through. And the reality was I didn't understand what she was going through. I couldn't relate to her newly diagnosed disease. So it caused issues between us going, come on, you can have that pie. Let's just do this, you know? And what do you mean you can't eat that? And what? A, then I ended up getting it. You know what God did? He gave me the ability to understand where my wife was living. And then through decisions that we made together and that I made, uh, We're probably in in some of the best physical, we ended up being in the best physical health we can be. We lost a lot of weight, we changed our diet, uh, and our relationship became a lot more healthier because of this. God took a, a double negative and created a tremendous positive in a way that only he could do. I ended up getting it, but it healed our relationship And what I learned through that process is that I know and I'm confident without a shadow of a doubt that God is faithful. Can you say that with me? God is faithful. Can you tell your neighbor? God is faithful. Can you write that in the comment line? God is faithful. Now, I don't have to understand what is going on. In all of that time of waiting, in all of that time of praying that I didn't hear God respond to me, that he wasn't doing what I thought he needed to do, at that moment, what I learned is that I don't have to have to understand everything to trust God I don't have to feel like I have my understanding of him and his ways on lock before I fully trust him I just have to trust him I just have to trust him because he is faithful many are the plans of a person's heart God I want her healed I want her healed now I want her made whole and complete do it But it's the Lord's purpose that prevails. No. Not the right time. This is not how I want to do it, George. Because my way is going to be better. Can you imagine if he would have done what I asked him to do? And she was, we, then we would, the relationship would have never been what it could be. I would have never had the understanding that I needed to have when I needed to have it. Many are the plans in a person's heart, but it's the Lord's purpose that prevails. I want you to take a moment and write this other statement down. Not new to me, but true to me. You don't have to understand the plan to trust God's purpose. You don't have to understand the plan to trust God's purpose. Listen, you don't even have to like the plan to trust God's purpose. Maybe you prayed for someone, prayed for their healing, but they still died. They still died. Maybe you you, you know sacrificed all of your time and all of your resources and all of your, your life for your job, and you still Got laid off. Maybe you've been praying for God to heal your migraines and 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 take those away, but you're still fighting them. Listen, you don't have to understand why. You don't have to understand why. You don't have to understand the plan to trust God's purpose because He is still good heard someone put it this way we don't have to we don't interpret the goodness of god through our circumstances we interpret our circumstances through the goodness of god are you understanding what i'm saying we don't interpret the goodness of god through our circumstances we filter all of our circumstances we interpret them through the, uh, through the goodness of God. So you hit one of those times in your life where it just doesn't make sense, where it's confusing, trial after trial, trouble after trouble, and you cry out, why, God, where are you, God? Why, why am, why am I dealing with this? Where are you in this? You may even uh, find yourself going, hey, listen, I understand, what's the plan, God? At least give me the plan. But God says, don't worry about the plan. Just trust my purpose. Don't worry about how you feel. Trust my purpose. Don't worry about knowing every aspect of this. Just trust my purpose. We have to move with knowing that our faith is not in our plan. Our faith is in God's purpose. I know someone need to hear that today. That your faith is not in God's, or is not in your plan, it's in God's purpose. Because his ways are higher, his ways are wiser. It's not all about me. It's not all about you. We are here to serve him. I wanna look at Jesus for a second. We all know this, Jesus in the garden, right? Jesus in the garden, He's there praying, praying, God, if there's any other way, he's about to go to the cross, and if there's any other way, and he's praying, he's stressing, and you know what he says when God didn't give him another way? He says, all right, Father, not my will, but your will be done. They're on the cross. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Listen, just because God is silent, it does not mean that God is absent. As the worship team makes their way up. 2,000 years ago, the resurrection, the very thing that our faith hangs on today. Jesus died on the cross. The very thing that our faith is built on today was a moment where God was silent. Mm -hmm. Think about that for a second. Jesus' death on the cross for you and I. That was a moment where God seemed like he wasn't listening. It was a moment where God seemed like he wasn't paying attention. But God loved us enough to let his son suffer so that the the disciples' plan wasn't fulfilled, but Jesus' purpose was. Listen, friends, whenever God seems silent, you you have to keep praying. You have to keep praying. You have to keep praying. Whenever God seems like he's not paying attention, you have to keep crying out to him and keep praying. God hears those prayers and he will bless you in ways that you can never imagine. Maybe some of you are sitting here today or watching online and you've been going, well, God, when I experience you, then I'll commit my life to you. When I feel that you're real, I'll come my... That's not how it works. We have to put our faith and our trust in him. And then you will experience him. But other times when our prayers don't get answered... Listen, and I want you to take this as an encouragement. Maybe a challenge for some of us. When your prayers don't get answers, don't don't put your faith in your plans. Trust God's purpose. Because you don't have to understand the plan to trust God's purpose. If he seems silent, if he's not listening, Just remember, because God doesn't answer your prayer, if he seems silent, doesn't mean that he's absent. So let's stand together. I don't have a clever ending to this message. But what I'm absolutely confident of is God knows where you are and he wants a moment with you. There are some of us who have been distant in our relationship with God or Jesus. There are some of us who have never began a relationship with Jesus. There are some of us who have been maybe renting our parents' faith and we've never really owned our own there are some of us in this room and watching online who have been so desperate to hear from God you've been praying for something over and over and over again and he, and, and you feel like he's not responding We're gonna we're gonna sing an old hymn. Actually, it's not really old. It's when I was. This song was a, a pretty prevalent one when I was uh, the worship pastor here a couple of years ago. It's the stand. And we're gonna sing this song, and and we're all gonna have a moment to reflect. We're all gonna have a moment, maybe to hear God. We're gonna we're all gonna have a moment to maybe reconnect in in our relationship with Christ by by saying, "Hey, we're I'm sorry, Father, for making it about." my plan and what I want. And and I'm sorry for controlling everything and, and getting upset with you, Father, for not doing what I wanted you to do, how I wanted you to do it, when I wanted you to do it. And I recommit my life to you today. Maybe some of you just need to fully surrender to Jesus' work on the cross and accept the fact that we can't earn our way, work our way to heaven, but we just need to accept Jesus as our Lord and and our Savior and our friend and our rock and our King. Wherever you are, take a moment and let this song minister to you as you do some business with our Heavenly Father. Amen.